University of Missouri-St. Louis College of Education podcast. Hello and welcome. My name is David Stouffer and I get to be the recruitment coordinator for the UMSL College of Education. Each week on this podcast, we will meet an innovator in the field of education. We will spend some time getting to know them and learning about their work and how it can help you and yours. It is my sincere hope that this podcast will be a source of encouragement and support as you work to continue impacting lives as an educator. My guest today is Dr. Kristen Sobolik. Dr. Sobolik currently serves as the 8th Chancellor of the University of Missouri-St. Louis. Dr. Sobolik was recruited to UMSL in 2017 to serve as its Provost and Vice-Chancellor for Academic Affairs, and after a nationwide search, was appointed Chancellor in 2020. Dr. Sobolik is originally from Charles City, Iowa, and was the first member of her family to graduate from college earning a bachelor's degree in biology from the University of Iowa. She later attended Texas A&M, earning both a master's and Ph.D. Dr. Sobolik's higher education career began in 1992 at the University of Maine, where she spent 20 years as professor in the Department of Anthropology and associate dean for research and external affairs in the College of Liberal Arts and Sciences. After serving as Dean of the College of Liberal Arts at Wright State University, she transitioned to the University of Missouri-St. Louis in her current role as Chancellor. Dr. Sobolik, welcome to the UMSL College of Education podcast. Hello, David. Thanks for inviting me. I'm excited to be here this morning. You've had a varied and diverse career. Um, Did you ever think when you were participating (laughs) in an our archaeological excavation in the southwestern United <laughs> States as a Hawkeye from Iowa, that you would one day become our chancellor at the University of Missouri-St. Louis. You know, I'm pretty sure when I was digging in the hot, burning sun of the southwestern <laughs> U.S., I had no idea what a chancellor was, and I definitely wasn't thinking about that. You know, at that time in my life, I needed um, six credits to graduate. And I was a biology major. And like many of our own students, you know, exploring what I wanted to do with my life. And and I needed six credits to graduate. And so I went through um, a book back in the day, people. We used to have this book (laughs) that had a listing of all of the classes. And so we would start with the A's, the A's being anthropology Uh, and archaeology. mm -hmm. And I saw this really cool field school for six credit hours in the su- in the um, summer that I could go down there and finish up my degree at that time. So um, I was just thinking about making sure I could graduate in four years because <laughs> my parents told me that was going to happen <laughs> and, and do something fun. And I had the summertime to do it. And, mm-hmm. and um, our archaeology and anthropology was in the A section. Mm-hmm. So that's what I came up mm-hmm. with first. I wasn't thinking about anything along the lines of being a chancellor. <laughs> Um, where did that take you after Iowa? You wound up down at Texas A&M to get your yeah. uh, doctorate. Well, this is another thing. So I, as I was digging in the hot burning sun, thinking I just wanted to graduate in biology, I found I really loved it. And then it was like, oh, my gosh, I want to do this for the rest of my life. 
I want to be an archaeologist. And I hadn't taken, you know, archaeology courses as an undergraduate. So that last um, year when I came back um, before graduation, I kind of switched a lot of classes to make sure I could add in as much archaeology mm -hmm. as I could. Still graduated with my um, biology degree. But then I started thinking about, you know, the future. And, and if you want to be an archaeologist, you're going to graduate school. Mm -hmm. um, and so I applied to a lot of different graduate schools, most of whom said um, a, a degree in biology, not <laughs> much uh, archaeology. Hmm, we don't want this person. But Texas A&M was very interdisciplinary in their thinking. And they thought that was a huge asset to have that biological background, which actually it ended up becoming a great asset for me because I, I went to graduate school there and I ended up helping found and develop the field of archaeobiology mm -hmm. and paleonutrition because I had had that really strong background in biology and um, could do that. So, yeah, that's a long winded answer. <laughs> right. <laughs> um, right. David for that. Sure. Sure. And then you found yourself in Maine. How did mm -hmm. that happen? <laughs> how, how do many of these things happen, David? <laughs> yeah, you know, they offered me a job. And again, um, this particular job was very interdisciplinary. It was a position, a tenure track position in the Department of Anthropology, as well as in the world-renowned Climate Change Institute. Mm -hmm. So it was a joint position, and they were looking for somebody that had a very diverse background. And so I fit the bill. And so we ended up being um, in Maine for 20 years. And that's really where I feel the foundation and the growth of my career um, as, a, as a researcher, as a faculty member um, developed. Okay. And then, then what, what attracted you to uh, the position at UMSL? You started out as provost, correct? I did. I did. So after Maine, I was at um, Wright State University as dean of the College of Liberal Arts. And that was fantastic because they were all about the fine and performing arts there. Um, in Maine, I was really enmeshed in large-scale research. And so, again, my background, my very diverse background has really helped, um, you know, in my uh, career development. And so I was really attracted to UMSL for a number of reasons. One, I was continuing to look for a more diverse urban environment um, where we could, um, you know, flourish, but also where I could literally, you know, help um, move things forward. Um, we loved, we love moving to different areas of the world, you know, places that we haven't been before. And when you've gone from Iowa to Texas to Maine, <laughs> you know, we wanted to come back a little bit. And so we thought, we thought coming back to St. Louis would be more like the Midwest. Mm -hmm. Okay. It's a little different though. It I is. will say that, David. It's very different. <laughs> and now as chancellor, you're, you're the, the leader of the University of Missouri, St. Louis, and in a lot of ways, uh, very much so in the St. Louis area. What, what inspires you to lead? What, what drives you to be a leader? You know, I think, um, I think just with, like with anybody, I don't think they necessarily think they're going to be a leader, but they look, you know, they look toward what they want to accomplish in life. So, for example, back when I was at the University of Maine and I was a faculty member and I was really passionate about it, each and every student that I had in my classes and in my lab. And just that interaction with the students was really important to me so I could help raise them up, help develop them as individuals and what they wanted to do in life. 
But as I moved forward and started developing um, broader scale programs that I felt really had a huge impact in the world, um, that's when I got a bigger view of what I could do in life and what life, frankly, actually needed. So in my interdisciplinary area in climate change and um, archaeology, anthropology, um, I helped develop the, the, um, the program of human dimensions of climate change at the undergraduate level, and then a PhD program in environmental policy. And I became very passionate that these were the programs that were really going to help train and produce the people that we need to help solve what I consider to be one of the most pernicious problems in the world today. And when you're a part of that, doing something much broader than where you had been, seeing the world um, and your view from a broader perspective and understanding that you can make an impact, um, that became uh, crucial to me then. And so moving up into the positions that would allow me to actually influence change and policy into the directions that I think they needed to go, um, moved me into more of a leadership um, direction. And that has been true, I would say, with everything. And, and one of the things that I'm most um, excited and daunted and passionate about here at the university is I really feel that um, here in St. Louis, we are in um, the epicenter of racial disparity. And we are the institution that is impacting that in a positive way and moving St. Louis in a positive direction. And frankly, the way St. Louis goes, I think the rest of the nation goes. So I mm. am excited, mm. passionate, and daunted um, to be here at the university, um, working with our broader team and our community to really help change things around and move things in a direction that I think um, is going to be positive for all of us. You, you jumped right into my next question, so that's a perfect segue. Um, uh, that's one of the things that attracted me to UMSL was that we are not just a university to give out degrees. We're a university that really desires to impact the community uh, in St. Louis and the surrounding communities. Um, what is UMSL doing, maybe more specifically, to um, make some of those changes to, to uh, provide support and to make a difference? What are we doing and what are, what are we going to continue to do in the future? Yeah, you know, that is really broad. And so how much time do we have for this, David? <laughs> but I'll start, you know, I'll start um, from the basic foundation all the way up into what I see um, as our biggest initiatives right now. But the basic foundation is we educate St. Louis. I mean, our student body rep is the diverse student body that represents the diversity that we see in St. Louis. And... Um, because of that diversity, but most importantly, because of our student success parameters, we have the highest retention and graduation rates of our urban um, metropolitan public peers in the nation. So we're not just talking about providing access and opportunity to a tier one, I might want to say, national research university. We're providing that access and opportunity, but then we deliver on that promise with highest in the nation retention and graduation rates. Mm -hmm. That means that we are literally producing the most diverse college-educated workforce in the entire state of Missouri. 
And our students, our alumni, stay here in St. Louis mm -hmm. generally. 75% of our alumni live and work in St. Louis. We have the largest alumni base in St. Louis. So we are driving the workforce of St. Louis. Mm -hmm. And um, we are absolutely passionate and proud about that and continuing to increase our student success parameters for each of those individual students. And we're gonna see them cross the stage at commencement on this weekend, but it also impacts their entire family trajectory and the entire region. So as St. Louis, as UMSO works to change that around, St. Louis changes. That's the foundation. We always, as an institution, need to make sure we keep our eye on our mission, our foundation, which is the success of our students. So that's the, base, mm -hmm. the baseline. But we also are so profoundly engaged in everything that's going on in the community that it makes me excited when I see um, everything that we're doing. One of the things, I guess, most recently that we just announced is the St. Louis Anchor Action Network, in which we, as an anchor in our neighborhood, um, are aligning with other anchors across um, St. Louis to really make sure that we're focused on um, hiring and contracting, buying economics in our own St. Louis region. And not just our region, but also the most underserved zip codes in the region. So that we are helping keep um, funding, frankly, economics, um, the future here in St. Louis, and we're helping rise up the most underserved areas. So we have aligned, as an ed, an educational institution, of. Uh, an anchor educational institution. We first aligned with some of the other educational institutions like um, St. Louis University, Washington University, St. Louis Community College, mm. Harris Stowe and Webster. And then we added the meds um, that include BJC Healthcare mm -hmm. and um, SSM Health and Mercy. So we had the eds and meds all buying into working together to track our hiring and our contracting collectively. And we have bought into and, and, and signed on to increasing the amount that we do business in the underserved zip codes by 10% wow. every year. The sheer millions of dollars of economic impact in those regions and in St. Louis is, is huge. But now we've, we're working with Edward Jones as mm -hmm. our first corporate partner. So mm -hmm. they are co-leading with us now as we start adding um, some of the corporations mm -hmm. in the area. So Ameren has also signed on. So we are moving very, um, we're focused, we're very uh, passionate about it, but we're also very organized. One of the things about the corporations is because we have the largest alumni base in St. Louis, mm -hmm. Our alumni are leading the corporations in the region. They're mm -hmm. the CEOs and the CFOs and the directors and the workers all the way on all areas. And so just um, capitalizing on that and celebrating mm -hmm. that and um, working collectively on that alumni base is going to be huge for us and our students. Sure. Keeping with the theme of broad questions, mm -hmm. what, is the, <laughs> what does the future hold for the University of Missouri-St. Louis, and what does the future hold for Dr. Kristen Sobolik? Oh, my gosh. So right now, you know, things, you know, we are coming out of the global pandemic, and whatever that is going to be, and I think we have really illustrated that we are exceedingly nimble and adaptable, but it's not that we aren't unchanged either. 
Um, we're changed just like society has changed. Mm -hmm. And in fact, I think this time frame is going to be a very pivotal societal change for the entire world that we're always going to point to. And we've illustrated that um, we can weather that. It's not just about weathering that. It's about leading, again, um, through that change and even before to be what is, what, what is the importance of higher education? What is the importance of UMSL? And higher education absolutely needed to change before the pandemic. And I frankly think that the pandemic has in some ways helped us um, accelerate the change that has long been needed in higher ed. So we are a leader. We're taking our place as a leader in higher education in this um, region, but also nationally as an urban metropolitan university that's dedicated to um, changing around, helping support and change around their, their region, be the leader, the change agent in, mm -hmm. in the area. So no longer can higher ed rest on its laurels that um, here's when we, um, here, here's the courses we decided to offer and here's when we offer it, you know, come or not. Um, we are absolutely um, focused on making sure that our programs are exactly what the workforce needs, what our students want and need, and what the world needs to really move forward aggressively. So we've added um, 12 new degree programs over the last four years, and all of those are programs that St. Louis and the nation need. Um, people need to be trained in, people need to be educated in, so that we're developing, of course, the workforce, but also the educated citizenry of this region. And we're offering them in ways in which people want to take them. We're very much leaning into the hybrid and the online space um, in certain areas. And we're also making sure that we are being as um, proactive in our timing and um, how we offer certificates and courses and the time frame, because that's when our population, our students want and need to take those courses. So it's all about making sure that we are serving our students and serving this region and not the other way around. Fantastic. And uh, one day when you're long retired, you see yourself <laughs> back home in Iowa? You know, <laughs> long retired. You know, I don't know the answer to that. We, um, I don't think it'll be in Iowa because my parents have moved to Arizona and we love to visit them in Arizona, especially around, you know, this time of yes, year. Yes, yes. But we've also grown quite um, attached to Maine and we love the ocean. So, you know, the desert um, of Arizona would be nice where I actually, you know, getting back to where we were at the beginning, digging in the hot burning uh -huh, sun uh -huh. um, and the ocean <laughs> along the coast, you know, in the summers. Those that would be great. But I, I see that as a long term trajectory. Sure. I am so excited about what's going on here in St. Louis collectively mm. and our leadership role that there is plenty for us to do for many, many years to come. Dr. Soblick, thank you so much for taking the time to be on the UMSL College of Education podcast. You know, David, I really appreciate that. And one of the things I heard about you is that um, your father is, is, is a Hawkeye and he loves um, Hawkeye <laughs> athletics. And I remember back in the day watching, um, well, watching wrestling, actually. Mm -hmm. Who was it? Dan Gable was mm -hmm. a great um, wrestling yep. coach back in the day. And um, I grew up in Charles City, Iowa, and we were, you know, quite good at wrestling mm -hmm. as well. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Maybe we'll need to get wrestling here at um, 
at UMSL and I, yeah. uh, athletic director Lori Flanagan's going, what? She's uh, like, Some, there's, a, there's a change in the force this morning. What's going on? <laughs> <laughs> Dad has an Iowa Hawkeye blanket in his, in his uh, mm-hmm. living room that sits right in front of his TV. He has an Iowa hat. He has everything Iowa, and uh, he is a diehard Hawkeye, so he'll be very excited that I had a chance to meet another <laughs> Hawkeye. So thank you, Dr. Sobelik. Absolutely. Thank you, David. I am honored that you chose to join me today for the University of Missouri St. Louis College of Education podcast. I hope you'll join me next time. Till then, I'm David Stouffer. Thank you for the work you do. Never forget, you are making a difference every day. <laughs>